brewed in the Northwest, guaranteed fresh. It's the morning blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. L, it's for the way you look at me. O, it's for the only one I see. V is very, very extraordinary. E is even more than anyone that you adore can love. And a very good Wednesday morning to you, February 14th, 7 a.m. Brenda, Pat, and Eric with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you for tuning in on this St. Valentine Ash Wednesday. Love is in the air. I love that story that we talked about yesterday, Pat, about how Lent is all about love. In fact, it's the Mm -hmm. greatest love story in our salvation history, Christ offering himself up. And today you get to celebrate the beginning of Lent and Ash Wednesday. There's something very apropos about the the, the two going hand in hand like that. And I think yesterday you said that uh, the next time it's going to happen is 2029. So soak it up today, right? (laughs) We should look at this as one of those rare eclipse days or something like that that only happened a couple of times in a century. Uh, they, They don't fall on the same day very often. In fact, it did say too in 2029 when it happens again that's it for the rest of the century right. that was weird yeah so with apologies to bonnie tyler i guess it's a total eclipse of the heart right oh, oh that's a rough one uh, well good morning though are you ready for this lenten season i am it's i'm a little bit conflicted because i'm a i'm a great chocolate lover and i love those little candy valentines but not oh, today nope not today. today maybe tomorrow but okay. not, not today we it is a day of prayer and a day of abstinence and fasting for Catholics up to the age of 60. That's right. So as somebody who just turned 60, I I realize that I I don't necessarily have to observe the fast today. I will. But Uh, I was like, hey, I I don't have to do this now. I'm old. (laughs) The reminder is, though, the addition of abstinence and fasting. That's today. I do have to observe the the abstinence. Correct. But not the fasting. So here's what uh, the official rule is then for practicing Catholics, for, for everybody to observe on Ash Wednesday. So the norms of fasting are obligatory from age 18 to 59. Okay, so that's the fasting. A person is permitted to eat one full meal as well as two smaller meals that together those don't <laughs> equal a full meal, right? So a snack, uh, one, two snacks and one full meal. I just see people out there with scales weighing, okay, that weighs this. That's less yeah, than, yeah. that's not, oh, that's too much. Now that is for the fasting. For the abstinence, that means that no meat Mm -hmm. uh, or meat products, and we'll talk a little bit about that, from age 14 onward. That's the official word. So if you're 14 years old and older, and it doesn't have an end date on that, that is for everyone. There are some issues. Pregnant women should not observe this. I think people who have uh, illnesses or something that they are recovering from, they are not to observe that as well. Their health comes first. But for the rest of us who are able... Yes, 
Those are the rules. Now, we're going to get into the show in a little bit. What about those uh, weird uh, little rules about, like, can you use chicken or beef broth? Uh, Can you use eggs and butter? Because those are animal products. So we'll talk a little bit about that as the show goes on. So, yeah, I don't think I think legalism is is, it borders on sin and scrupulosity. So so be be careful with that about about how you you definitely approach the fast and the rules of fasting. I don't think that that is necessarily in the spirit that the Lord intended for us. Don't make it complicated. Exactly. That's it. But there 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 are uh, theologians have some thoughts on. We, we will sure. be having lentil soup in my house after 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 Ash Wednesday noon mass today. Oh, you're so, going noon. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yep, going no. down to the cathedral. Yeah. Very nice. Now, yeah. of course, it was not on this day last year, but it was the Ash yeah. Wednesday where that storm came through, <laughs> and uh, it looks like we have some weather coming today, but not like it did last year. Don't think it's going to get cold enough for that, but there is actually snow in the forecast. So what? after yesterday's sunshine, it's hard to believe. Yeah, there's snow oh. in the forecast cast for the west hills okay yeah. uh that's us yeah Okay. Oh, all right. Well, I'll be listening to that too. But we are going to talk more about Lent, some of the practices and some things to remember about today's feast day, a St. Valentine's Ash Wednesday. And Eric is going to dress up as Cupid a little later this morning, which good thing we're on the radio. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) wants to see that for sure. Well, we are going to get your show started today and begin with beautiful Lenten music. Mm. This is Sarah Kroger and run to the cross. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary as we get this Lenten season started with St. Valentine's Day. And Sarah Kroger, we're going to run to the cross. 7-Eleven on the Morning Blend. Brenda and Pat here with Engineer Eric. And believe it or not... We've got snow in our weather forecast. We'll check that, plus an inspiring story of a new priest here in the Archdiocese of Portland. Father Niall O'Reardon joins us next here at Mater Dei Radio. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Good morning. Please join me, Father Martin King, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic School and parish in this morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, enlighten my mind with truth, inflame my heart with love, inspire my will with courage, enrich my life with service, pardon what I have been, sanctify what I am. Order what I shall be, and thine shall be the glory, and mine eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. Mater Day Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home, located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services to the Catholic community, regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com. Grow closer to the Lord through Mater Dei Radio's Lenten Challenge. Between now and Easter Sunday, resolve to listen to our dynamic Catholic programming more frequently. If you already listen for an hour a day, make it two. Listening for two hours, make it three. Whatever length you spend listening to Mater Dei Radio and the Hail Mary Media app, increase that time throughout the Lenten season. The results might surprise you. Not only do we bring you the best of local and national Catholic shows, Mater Dei Radio is also teaming up with Ave Maria Press this Lent to bring you the dynamic series Made for Heaven. Join Father Augustino Torres on a multimedia journey inspired by St. Francis. Free your heart from the desert of sin and open it up to love for others in the glory of Easter. You are made for heaven. So grow closer to Christ and take the Lenten Challenge now on the Hail Mary Media app and Mater Dei Radio. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 714 here at Mater Dei Radio. High of 38 and low of 34 today with rain possibly mixed with snow tomorrow. There's fog this morning. Should burn off around 8. That snow level is going to fall to 1,500 feet. Winds up to 30 miles an hour tonight, 90% chance of precipitation, whether or not it's flakes or raindrops.
He's All just right. a little too excited about that. He's a little Maybe. <laughs> Maybe a little flaky there. I don't know about that. Currently 35 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver. And it's 34 at St. Mary in Almsville. We've talked many times on the morning show about God's path for our lives. When we think we're going in one direction, well, lo and behold, we turn the corner when the path looks completely different. And that was the case for today's guest. Father Niall O'Reardon is joining us today. He is the pastor of St. Joseph the Worker Catholic Church here in Portland. And while he was on a journey as a veterinarian in Ireland, well, when he turned the corner, it was the seminary that waited before him. Good morning, Father Niall. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning, Brenda. Thank you for having me. Everybody now who's just heard you introduce yourself, you have that beautiful Irish accent. Your life started in Ireland. Tell our listeners a little bit about your upbringing and how your Catholic faith was woven into your future as a veterinarian. Thank you, Brenda. Yes, my I was born in Tipperary, County Tipperary in Ireland, and I grew up there at home with my parents. I have three brothers and one sister. And uh, I suppose a typical Catholic family. We were uh, we prayed together. We went to mass together. Um, I wouldn't say we were the holiest family in the world, but <laughs> we but we lived our faith. Every one of us lived our faith. And my father was a veterinarian. And so I just fo- decided to follow his footsteps and to become a veterinarian as well. Father Niall, in any of that time growing up, bef- while you were thinking about becoming a veterinarian, was there ever anything inside of you that ever thought, this is the goal that I am choosing, this is the career that I'm choosing, but you know, perhaps God is pulling me towards him as well yeah it's a very nice question it is true it it's even as a young boy i remember i had this feeling of becoming a priest but i suppose the way god planned it in my life that i decided to finish my you call it the a levels here high school and then i went to study veterinary medicine in dublin and studied it for five years i had i loved every minute of it and but i still had this calling i always felt this this call to become a priest it was always something that was inside me from a young age even i remember i had a girlfriend too for for six years her name was maria and too in that even with her i i under i understood maybe god is calling me in a different direction and not towards marriage but in that time i was studying to be a veterinarian i was working as a veterinarian and yeah, I, it was always something that was in me. I often remember sometimes, I, it sounds funny, but I remember even giving injections to a horse and I could hear something like, uh, feel it inside me. It's like, why are you, what are you waiting for? You know? What are you waiting for? And so, ah. and so, and it was really, I have to thank my mother for this because she sent me on a trip to the Holy Land. I didn't want to go. It was with a group. I was more interested in going to the disco on Saturday night and playing sports <laughs> with my friends. And uh, she sent me on this trip. I remember I came home from doing an exam and she told me, you're going to the Holy Land in August. I've just booked you in. And I suppose this was the change that happened in me. I went with a group of 70 youth back in 1998, I think. And in that time, it really transformed my life because there I learned to pray. Um, I remember it was funny because everybody in the group couldn't, it was too hot and the food was terrible and they didn't like the trip and I was loving every minute of it. Wow. Know, so, but yet it was there that I think the change came in me. You know. 
If you are just tuning in, joining us this morning is Father Niall O'Reardon. He is the pastor at St. Joseph the Worker Church here in Portland. He is part of the Order Work of Jesus, the High Priest. He is joining us today to tell us more about his vocation journey from veterinarian in Ireland to priest here in Oregon. So let's talk about the years, though, as you were a veterinarian. I think many people associate all creatures with St. Francis, his love for animals. Uh, Do you find that uh, as being a veterinarian was also an outgrowth of of faith, of of caring for creation? And in your case, equines, big horses that like to run very fast. They do. And I, yeah, I was very lucky in the jobs that I had. I started out working with all kinds of animals. And then for the last four years, so I worked seven years in total as a veterinarian. And then in the last four years, I concentrated mainly on racehorses. And so I was very lucky in the job that I had. I could work with the best veterinarians in the world from America to England because the horses were very expensive. So they brought them the veterinarians from all over the world for serious situations. And so I was very lucky like that. And one in particular, which I remember, was uh, a horse called Galileo. He's a very famous stallion that he was a very famous racehorse who became a stallion and then um, became the greatest stallion in the world. Wow. And he I remember he got very sick once upon a time in September of 98 or of 2008. And in that time, I remember I was given the responsibility to take care of him and I was practically sleeping in the stable with him for three months until he got better. But I remember one day he had a surgery, a very important surgery, because horses get a thing called colic, you know. Mm -hmm. So we did a surgery, it didn't work, so we had to open him again and do a second surgery. And that's always not so good for a horse to do two surgeries in a few days. But I remember then I was spent the whole night, I was awake taking care of him and I went to mass at eight o'clock in the morning and then I went into the sacristy and I said to the priest, um, his name was Father Michael, and I said, Father Michael, was there any chance you would come and bless Galileo? Because he was a big responsibility because he gave so much employment, this horse, because okay. people came from everywhere. So the horse was about to die. And then I remember the father came in and he blessed him with holy water and all these top veterinarians from England and Ireland and from, from uh, America were standing there watching this, this Catholic priest give a blessing to Galileo but from that moment that he got the blessing um, and they all testified to this he never looked back again and he was perfectly fine after this and so this was another sign for me too I suppose God reminding me too the power of the priesthood because as a veterinarian you can heal animals but as a priest you can heal souls and that's the most beautiful part that is you're right. It is the most beautiful yeah. part. So, Father, then as you were, you, again, you had mentioned that you felt that pull when you were younger to the priesthood, but followed in the family business at, to become a veterinarian. At what and, and then this trip to the Holy Land. So how did you then make that step from I'm, I'm going to become a priest, I'm going to the seminary? What was the event that led to that? It's a very interesting story, actually, Brenda, because, as you know, I'm now the pastor in St. Joseph the Worker, and I uh, have a great love for St. Joseph the Worker and or St. Joseph himself. And, you know, it happened. So I told you I had a girlfriend. Her name was Maria. Sure. And, you know, I'll tell you honestly, I found it very hard to finish the relationship with Maria. I knew God was calling me really to become a priest, but I but. 
Then I went, I, was, I had the opportunity to go and work in New Zealand for six months, which was really a dream of mine. And they needed a veterinarian down there uh, at short notice. So I got to work down there. And when I was down there, as I was leaving, my mother saw at the airport in County Cork, when she left me off at the airport, she saw the fight and the struggle I was having. Mm. And she gave me a book. And the book was about different saints. And so I was reading this book on the flight. And I remember reading a story about St. Joseph during the Second World War in a convent, you know. And the sisters there in the convent, they had no milk anymore uh, during the Second World War. So the Mother Superior called one of the nuns and she said to her, write a note to St. Joseph. And so the sister wrote a note to St. Joseph, put it under the statue of St. Joseph. And then a few hours later, a man knocked on the door holding a cat in his hand. And then the mother superior, the, the, the sister said to the man, but we don't need a cat, we need some milk. And he said, ah, I'll bring you some milk then. And then the mother superior called the nun and said to her, what did you write to St. Joseph? And she said, I drew a picture of a cat drinking milk from a bowl, you know. And it was from this, I, I discovered this man, St. Joseph, who I didn't have no relationship with. And so then I wrote him a note. And I, I, when I was in New Zealand in a place called Cambridge, and the note could still be there to this day because I lifted up this big, heavy statue and put this note in. And the note was, St. Joseph, if it's your will that I become a priest, you have to finish it with Maria because I'm not able to do it. Mm. And then I did a novena for the first time. And at the end of the novena, two days after the novena finished, it was my birthday, uh, Maria called me. from. She was in Ireland, I was in New Zealand, and she said to me, why are we not getting married? Are you thinking of becoming a priest? And I said, I am, Maria. And then she said, good, then I let you be free. And so this was really the big step for me. And then, but I loved being a veterinarian so much, you know, I, I never got out of bed in the morning sad. I loved every, every drop of being a veterinarian. I loved being with the people and working. And then on the feast of St. Joseph, the 19th of March, I wrote a letter to my boss. And I told him that, um, John, I said, I'm thinking of becoming a priest. This is after now working for him for four years and working seven years as a veterinarian. I said, John, I'm thinking of becoming a priest and I need some time out. I'm going to go to Rome and see what it's like and live with this community that I love very much. And he, I handed him the letter and he, it was in the raining Ireland, typical Irish raining day on the Feast of St. Joseph. And he said to me, he read the letter and he said, I support you all the way, but I think you're crazy. <laughs> and so that was the beginning. And then the following wow. June of 2010, I ended up in Rome working or uh, living with the novices in Rome, became a novice. Oh, such an incredible journey. And we are so blessed to have you here in the Archdiocese of Portland. Now, that's quite a bit of a journey. And I want to find out how it was that through your order that you're here now in Portland, but I am already coming up against my break. Father, can you stay with me through the break? And we will continue in the next half hour. Thank you. 725 at Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. As we get this Lenten season started, it is Ash Wednesday and St. Valentine's Day. And congratulations to our Parish of the Week, the Mother Church of the Archdiocese of Portland, St. Mary Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception. Congratulations to Archbishop Alexander Sample, their rector, 
uh, Monsignor Gerard O'Connor and all the staff and parishioners at St. Mary Cathedral. We congratulate you on being our Parish of the Week. And today, Brenda, the 98th anniversary of the dedication Mm -hmm. of the cathedral. So a a big celebration going on in addition to Ash Wednesday and St. Valentine's Day. We want to make your parish our Parish of the Week next time around, but we need to hear from you. So drop us an email. Tell us why we should pick your parish as Parish of the Week. The info, I-N-F-O at MatraDayRadio.com. Send that email and we could be calling out your parish as Parish of the Week at Matraday Radio. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hello, this is Emily Jaminette with A Mother's Moment. The task of motherhood can be quite daunting at times. We can spend the day cleaning up after toddlers, doing laundry, keeping little ones safe, and at the same time serving as a taxi cab driver for the big kids. It is easy to lose perspective on what our main goal is as the parent and how our tasks of motherhood have tremendous worth and value. Each little act of service can really be a sweet gift to our Lord Jesus. St. Therese of Lisieux said, Remember that nothing is small in the eyes of God. Do all that you do with love. As mothers, we need to hold these words close to our heart so that we have the proper sensitivity to our children and turn our acts of service into acts of love. Nothing is too small in the eyes of God. If we are willing to do these small daily acts with love in our heart, we can be transformed by God's grace, much like St. Therese the Little Flower. Our tasks will not change, but rather our internal disposition changes, which affects our outlook. The things that were once annoying and frustrating will now be a way for us to show Jesus that we really love him. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, please help us to change our perspective on our daily tasks. And may we be the light to the world by wanting to do our daily tasks with love in our life. Set on a hilltop in the midst of the Willamette Valley, life at Mount Angel Abbey is both unchanging and made ever new in the spirit of Christ. Steeped in a Benedictine tradition more than 1,500 years old, the monks of Mount Angel have prayed together five times a day for more than 130 years. We welcome you to come and join us in the ancient rhythm of monastic prayer and liturgy. Come seek the things that are above. Learn more at mountangelabbey.org. Searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Day Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend, on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Modern Day Radio. 
The Morning Blend with Brenda Pat and Engineer Eric, and we will continue our conversation with Father Niall O'Reardon. It's a fascinating story about St. Joseph, about racehorses, and Ireland. We'll continue that conversation just ahead, and we'll check the snowy weather forecast right after news. It's 7.30. Men and women who are married and who attend church regularly are among the happiest couples, according to data compiled by a prominent sociological professor. Brad Wilcox, a professor of sociology at the University of Virginia, as well as the director of the school's National Marriage Project, told EWTN News Nightly, data indicates that married men and women are markedly happier than their unmarried counterparts. What we see is that for both women and men, the path to prosperity and happiness kind of runs right through marriage. So both women and men who are married, for instance, are almost twice as likely to be very happy with their lives compared to their single peers. And there's really no group that's as happy for for men as married dads and for women as married moms. So as tough as marriage, as tough as being a parent can be, the upside to having a spouse and kids for most Americans is pretty high. Wilcox did add that declining divorce rates in recent years are a sign of encouragement, though overall declining marriage rates presents problems of its own. After a failed vote last week, the U.S. House of Representatives voted late last night to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. In a historic rebuke, the House impeached Mayorkas by a narrow vote of 214 to 213. Never before has a sitting cabinet secretary been impeached, and it was nearly 150 years ago that the House voted to impeach President Ulysses S. Grant's Secretary of War, William Belknap, over a kickback scheme in government contracts. He resigned before the vote. The charges against Mayorkas will next go to the U.S. Senate for a trial, but neither Democratic nor Republican senators have shown any interest in the matter, and it's likely to be indefinitely shelved to a committee. Deschutes County health officials confirmed a case of bubonic plague last week, marking Oregon's first case of the illness since 2015. The county said the person was likely infected by their cat who had the illness. The resident and their pet were given medication to prevent the illness from spreading. The plague can spread to humans or animals through a bite from an infected flea or by coming in contact with an animal that has the the illness, according to health officials. The most common animals to carry the illness in Oregon are squirrels and chipmunks. Now, health officials confirmed in a report to the Oregonian that the cat did die from a result of the illness. Now, cases of the plague are rare in the United States. An average of seven cases of human plague is reported each year, according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control. And about 80 percent of those are the bubonic form of the disease. Pope Francis addressed members of the Pontifical Academy for Life at the Vatican, stressing the importance of integrating the resources of science and technology while promoting the human being in his or her irreducible specificity. The Pope's comments came as members of the Academy are meeting in Rome for their General Assembly, focusing this year on the theme of human meanings and challenges. 
noting that the Academy will be looking at the fundamental question of what is distinctive about the human being. The Pope opened his speech by underscoring the complexity of evaluating this question, especially against the backdrop of exponential developments in science and technology. The Pontifical Academy for Life was established by Pope St. John Paul II in 1994. In recent years, it's been at the center of controversy as some of its members have advocated views that are inconsistent with traditional Catholic teaching. And flight attendants with Alaska Airlines voted overwhelmingly to authorize a strike if negotiations with the carrier don't result in a deal, the Association of Flight Attendants announced on Tuesday. The strike authorization, though, does not necessarily mean that a strike is imminent. It does mean that the union can request a release from the National Mediation Board. If granted, that would lead to a 30-day cooling-off period ahead of a strike deadline. In a statement released ahead of the vote, Alaska Airlines said that it anticipated the strike authorization would pass. It clarified that picketing by flight attendants after the vote would not disrupt flights as picketing staff are not scheduled to work. Now, this vote comes as thousands of flight attendants from Alaska, Air Wisconsin, United, American, Southwest, and Frontier, and other airlines picketed outside 30 airports worldwide, including the Portland International Airport. Well, Brenda, it is a wonderful feast day today. We've got Ash Wednesday. Yes. We've got the uh, celebration of St. Valentine. Mm-hmm. And in sports, <laughs> the Seattle Mariners pitchers and catchers oh, report today yes. to spring training for their physicals in Arizona. And that brings the offseason to an end. I think I, maybe I'm more excited about this than anything. But <laughs> uh, The full squad is going to begin workouts next Tuesday at the Peoria Sports Complex in the West Valley of the greater Phoenix area. Seattle's front office oversaw a lot of changes over the offseason that yielded the departures of well-known players like Jared Kalinick, Robbie Ray, Marco Gonzalez, Eugenio Suarez, and Teoscar Hernandez. The first game of spring training for the M's is set for Saturday, February 24th. They'll be taking on the White Sox. Uh, so spring training in Arizona, and I'm looking out the window, and there is ice <laughs> covering the roof in the building next door to us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Arizona. Why, quite a contrast. Let's go to Arizona. Let's take in some ball. Right? All right. I'm with you. Hey, it's free to get in, too. What? Yeah, free for the workouts. The The Mariners oh, have the a work? great setup for that. Yeah. Okay. This might be the year I'm going <laughs> to head to spring training. <laughs> Today is Ash Wednesday, is well known among Roman Catholics as the official start day of Lent. Yet, the church does not recognize it as a holy day of obligation. So why is that? Well, the primary reason why Ash Wednesday is not a holy day of obligation is because it is a day of fasting as opposed to a day of feasting. Now, the Catechism of the Catholic Church spells this out in its section on the Sunday obligation, explaining how Sundays and other days of obligations are days of rest, where we commemorate the Paschal Mystery. On Sundays and other holy days of obligation, it says, the faithful are bound to abstain from those labors and business concerns which impede the worship to be rendered to God, the joy which is proper to the Lord's day or the proper relaxation of the mind and body. So this is also clearly indicated in the Code of Canon Law, which lists holy days of obligation under the heading of feast days. It is followed by the head days of penance 
under which Ash Wednesday is specifically mentioned. Now, Philip Kozlowski at Alatea reminds us that Ash Wednesday is not a holy day of obligation because it is a day of penance, not feasting. Ah. So furthermore, Ash Wednesday is a day when we are obliged to fast from food and abstain from meat and does not fall in line with Sundays, which are days of feasting and rest. Does that make sense? It does. So a day of obligation is meant to be like Sundays or another Easter, he says, when we rest and rejoice. Still, he says, the church highly recommends that all Catholics attend Mass on Ash Wednesday as it sets the mood for the remainder of the 40 days, preparing our hearts for the glorious feast of I Easter. I always wondered about there that. There it is. So uh, it makes perfect sense. I like it. See, you learn something every day, Patrick. <laughs> oh, from you, uh, multiple things. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, this Friday at the Proto-Cathedral of St. James the Greater in Vancouver, the Knights of Columbus are putting on a Friday fish fry. Come enjoy this meal before their weekly confessions at 6 and their Stations of the Cross at 7. I can't think of a better way to celebrate Lent than with those two. On the menu, fried or baked frit, fish, clam chowder, and mac and cheese. For these and more events in our Catholic community, go online to moderndayradio.com or find it all on the Hail Mary media app. Eric, I've actually been to their fish fry. They do a great job. Very good job. The toughest part is deciding baked or fried. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm, I still don't know which one I'm going to pick. All right. I'm going to pick the one that comes in a tortilla with slaw and a little cream on top. Oh, okay. All <laughs> right. Do it. A little fish taco. You may be eating that fish taco in the snow. We'll check that weather forecast. Crazy. And we'll continue our wonderful conversation. You're going to love this. Father Niall O'Reardon continues telling us about racehorses, St. Joseph, and Ireland as he continues his conversation with Brenda next at Mater Dei Radio. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. This is Father Thomas Nathy, the pastor of Holy Redeemer Parish in Vancouver, Washington. Let us pray the prayer for priests by St. Therese of Lisieux. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, eternal priest, keep your priests within the shelter of your sacred heart, where none may touch them. Keep unstained their anointed hands, which daily touch your sacred body. Keep unsullied their lips, daily purpled with your precious blood. Keep pure and unearthly their hearts, sealed with the sublime mark of the priesthood. Let your holy love surround them and shield them from the world's contagion. Bless their labors with abundant fruit, and may the souls to whom they minister be their joy and consolation here and in heaven their beautiful and everlasting crown. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 7.42 here at Mater Day Radio, high of 38 and low of 34 today with rain in the afternoon, possibly mixed with snow tomorrow winter weather advisory comes into place tonight as snow is expected in both the coast range and the cascades area should dry out friday with more rain to follow in the president's day weekend currently it is 37 degrees at saint jude catholic church in eugene and it's 36 at saint joseph the worker catholic church in portland Thank you for staying with us. I know many of you got caught up in this wonderful discussion with Father Niall O'Reardon. He is the pastor at St. Joseph the Worker Catholic Church in Portland. He is with the Order of Work of Jesus the High Priest and now serving here in the Archdiocese of Portland. Father Niall, thank you so much for staying with us. Thank you, Brenda. So in our first half hour, we were just getting to the discussion about what led you to leave your occupation as a veterinarian and enter into this order. And you were with the novices there in Rome. So tell our listeners a little bit about your order. I think many people would be interested to know more about the work of Jesus the High Priest and your charisms. Yeah, so we're, we're a missionary community, you could say, and we're... Um, we have about 64 or 5 priests now and about 180 sisters and we're based all around the world, uh, usually in the poorest parts of the world. We're in Uruguay, we're in Kazakhstan, Siberia, Russia um, and we we'll go as far as uh, South Korea. We, one of our priests is actually right on the border between North and South Korea, Father Sanghee. And uh, so it happened that just a few years ago, before the pandemic started, that uh, Father Gary Zer from St. Edward's in Kaiser, he called and asked if s- someone from our community would come and do a week retreat. So it re- almost to the day three years ago, myself and another priest, Father Corbinian, we went to St. Edward's and we had the week Lenten retreat that they had, um, that they wanted. So we, we gave the retreat. But in that time, Europe locked down because of the pandemic. Right. And so we couldn't get back to Europe. So Father Gary asked us then to stay and to come back and stay in in St. Edward's. And so we stayed there and we did live stream holy hours and we did live stream masses and we did lots of confessions in that time. And it was through this time that we got to know Archbishop Sample. Uh, And so we met him twice in our time in our in those three months. We ended up staying in Kaiser for three months. Then afterwards, we right until June. And then in that time, we met Archbishop Sample. And then through the three years later, now we are back here and we have three parishes and three, uh, yeah, three parishes. And 
will soon be four sisters and four priests. So. Wow, it's wonderful. And then through the work of Jesus, the high priest, your order, what is the focus? You said you, you work in the uh, the poorest communities, while many here in Portland mm-hmm. wouldn't say, or not necessarily the poorest communities. There are many ways that the poor are served, especially in, in your area. So what are some of the areas that you are allowed to continue that work there through St. Joseph the Worker. Yeah, we, you know, our, as you asked, how, what is our charism? You know, we're a Marian community because the priest, part of our community is called the work of Jesus, the high priest. And then the sisters is called the family of Mary. And so we're a Marian community, we're a papal community, ecumenical and missionary and Eucharistic as well. So we have great devotion to Our Lady and to Jesus in the Holy Eucharist as well. And that is, there are main charisms that we have. And so we try to bring that to the people, no matter where they are, no matter where our missions are, um, we try to bring them these charisms that we have. Father Nile, I can't help but make the connection. Of course, you now as the pastor there at Joseph, the worker that for so many years prior, that message underneath the statue of St. Joseph, he walked with you for so many mm-hmm. years. Do you find spe- unique ways where still throughout your priesthood, while you were part of this Marian order that, well, St. Joseph is still a model for you and your continued ministry? Yeah, for me, he's the most powerful saint in heaven, I have to say. He's, and Teresa of Avila said everything she asked of St. Joseph, she received. And I believe this too, because this great saint, he never ever refused anything to God. Everything God asked him, he said yes. He was the silent man, but he was the man of action. And he was the humble man. And, you know, that is why I... I've, I'm so honored that even my school where I went to school, high school was called St. Joseph's College. You know, so St. Joseph is the most powerful saint in heaven. When you think about it, Brenda, he was the, he was the only man who ever lived who God called Papa. Mm. And, and this is so, such an honor to be given to one man, you know, and yet that is why I believe he can be refused nothing in heaven from Jesus because he did everything in order to help Jesus on earth. His vocation, one could say, was to help Mary and Jesus to get to Calvary. And this, oh. is, well, this was his vocation. He wasn't there himself, but he did everything to help them to get there, to fulfill this plan of redemption of God. Father Niall O'Riordan is joining us this morning, sharing the story about how he came as a veterinarian from Ireland and a priest here in Portland, Oregon. So, Father, you serve in so many ways, as you said previously, to the souls of those who you come across. Have you ever found that there was a time as a priest that you had to rely on your knowledge as a veterinarian to help anybody or any animal that maybe you had come across? Yeah, so for five years after I was ordained, I worked in Slovakia with the Roma Gypsies in Slovakia. I lived in a village called Usovska Panica in Slovakia. And there I lived with Roma Gypsies and we had a little farm there. And um, yeah, often I would look at the animals because we had a farm, we had cows, we had horses, we had pigs, we had everything, cats and dogs. And yeah, often I would be called to look at something. You know, I remember some year, two years ago exactly, that one on Christmas Eve, I was cleaning the church up. We were preparing for Christmas Eve mass. And I got a call from a local man to say that his cow was having a calf. So down I came 
and we uh, with a bit of help from my father i because um, i called him and i said daddy this cow is calving but she's taking her time i need your help and so he said do this and this and then within an hour we had the calf out on the ground and then but then i went to the course and i had to take a shower and then we had to go and get the buses and drive the kids and collect the kids for school or for mass uh, for the evening mass for the for the holy night and then i came back and of course we called the calf noel you know oh. and so th- we came back and noel was standing up and drinking from his mom then that night you know but one thing i have to say too is this beautiful vocation how thankful i am that i made this step brenda you know like i said my father was a veterinarian too and he died just before i came to america and he didn't actually want me to become a priest but he he was a he was a a faithful man but he loved the fact that i was a veterinarian too just like he was but just before i left for america he he was diagnosed some years back with cancer and it just shows the beauty of the difference of being a veterinarian which is a beautiful vocation to being a priest you know i i could be there at the moment that he died i had mass just as i i woke up in the middle of the night i went to check on him and there you know i remember if i was to ask him are you glad now that i became a priest i'm sure he would say absolutely you know oh. but he because i could celebrate mass i gave him the anointing the last rites and i gave him holy communion for the last time and even my last conversation the saturday before my father was his last holy confession you know and this makes it all worthwhile for such souls i didn't become a priest just for my father but you know i've experienced this so often here in in portland and my brother priests would testify to this too they too have experienced this so often how bringing the sacraments to the people and then they go and have a beautiful death afterwards mm-hmm. it makes it all a veterinarian is a beautiful job but a veterinarian couldn't do this but a priest can do this and to take away the sins to absolve the people from their sins to bring them holy communion the, and the, all the sacraments it's the greatest gift and the greatest vocation i could possibly ask for well father from my perspective i can attest that the amount of compassion that a veterinarian would need to care for mm-hmm. just all of these lowly animals and then to turn that compassion into the care and love for a father as he dies to a community who needs you to the poor who who don't understand why they suffer the way they do it seems to be a perfect match in my eyes mm-hmm. father thank you so much for sharing your story with us today how wonderful and delightful to be able to meet you before we go today will you end us in prayer and your priestly blessing yes glory be to the father and to the son and to the holy spirit as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end amen so bless you all dear listeners through the intercession of our lady and saint joseph all the angels and saints the almighty and merciful god the father the son and the holy spirit amen amen father nile thank you again for your time today god bless you all your parishioners there at saint joseph the worker thank you brendan god bless you too 
753 at Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life as we start our Lenten journey on this Ash Wednesday. We have got a wonderful program with Father Augustino Torres. It's called Made for Heaven, mm-hmm. and it is online, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. I started it, Brenda. It's an incredible, powerful program. Got multimedia readings and, and just really a great way for you to go deep this Lent. I encourage you to check it out. You are made for heaven, and we want you to be a part of it with the Hail Mary Media app and Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Blanchet House of Hospitality. Since 1952, the Blanchet House has been providing food, clothing, shelter, and aid to those in need. Services include a downtown Portland cafe, residential living, transitional housing, case management, and a 12-step program at the farm. Support and volunteer opportunities are online at blanchethouse.org. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. This is Modern Day Radio. KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver. KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield. Translator K235BF, Eugene. And streaming at moderndayradio.com. Support for Modern Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. The Rosary Center in Portland needs your help to make rosaries. The Rosary Making Group meets the second Tuesday of the month at 10 a.m. at Holy Rosary Church at 3rd Avenue and Clackamas Street in Northeast Portland. Volunteer rosary making information is available from Ray at 503-659-4920. That's 503-659-4920. The Rosary Center at Holy Rosary Church in Northeast East Portland. Time and again, we hear from grateful listeners who tell us their faith lives have been nourished by Mater Day Radio. We hope these wonderful testaments to our spirit-filled broadcast never cease. You can help ensure the future of our broadcast by naming Mater Day Radio as a beneficiary in your will or other forms of estate planning. By leaving a legacy to Mater Day Radio, you are supporting a gospel message of prayer and hope heard by thousands of listeners every day. Learn more about our estate planning options at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, Western Oregon and Southwest Washington's number one Catholic morning show on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio. Getting lit rolling here on The Morning Blend with Brenda Pat and engineer Eric. And just ahead, Oregon has a distinction of leading the country in depression. We'll tell you more about that just ahead. And even with the restructure in the Archdiocese due to a lack of priests, the Archdiocese of Seattle are finding that more people are attending Mass than ever before. I'll have that story for you as well coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. Nothing screams romance louder than a skull adorned with a crown of flowers. You heard me. That's nearly all that survived of the saint we celebrate today and is currently exhibited as a first-class relic in the Basilica of Santa Maria in Cosmedian Rome. Won't you be mine, Valentine? 
Valentine was a priest, possibly even a bishop, sometime during the third century. He served as a physician until he was captured by the Romans. From there, he switched from healing the body to healing the souls of fellow prisoners. He also healed his guard's blind daughter and baptized the man's entire family in the process. Outraged by his guard's conversion, the emperor had Valentine beaten and beheaded in the year 269 during Christian persecutions. And that's what we know about the life of the saint. So what does St. Valentine and the celebration of that special someone in your life have in common? Basically just their names and dates. Throughout church history, you'll notice there's a bunch of holidays celebrated on the same day by both Christians and the secular world for different reasons at first. Why is that, you might ask? For the conversion of souls. In the Acts of the Apostles, there's an account where St. Paul preaches in Athens and finds a pagan temple that's reserved for an unknown God. In that moment, St. Paul proclaims he brings the identity of their unknown God, the one true God, Christ himself. He met the people of Athens where they were and completed where their traditions just fell short of the truth. I'm gonna use Christmas and Easter as other examples. Christ wasn't historically born on December 25th and there wasn't a way to pinpoint the exact day. Because the world celebrates a day centered around gift giving, the church adopted it and refocused our intentions from a jolly man in red to the birth of Jesus Christ our savior, the true gift of the season. The same can be said about Easter Sunday. As you may have noticed, Easter isn't the same day every year, and that's because it falls on the Sunday following the first full moon after the spring equinox, another pagan celebration for the changing of seasons. Instead of celebrating the world going from the death of winter to the newness of life in spring, the church once again redirected our focus on Christ conquering sin and death, bringing new life into the world through his resurrection. This isn't to accuse the church of trying to trick people into believing in Christianity, nor does this mean that we shouldn't celebrate feast days that fall on secular holidays. What it does mean is that feast days like today, St. Valentine's Day, are calling us to focus our attention less on a goddess of fertility and lovey-dovey stuff, and more on the witness of something deeper that will bring us closer to an authentic, divine love that satisfies all. How can we live out each day, whether it be a holy day, holiday, or just an ordinary Tuesday, as a celebration of Christ and His triumphant church? What additional way can you look differently at today to celebrate your faith, bringing others the true love and joy found of the risen Lord. St. Valentine of Rome, pray for us. And that is Awaken the Saint on this St. Valentine Day to pray with the saints. You can download the Hail Mary Media app. We've got some great saint prayers there for you to grow in holiness during this Lenten season. It's eight o'clock. In your news this hour, more people are attending Mass at Catholic churches in the Archdiocese of Seattle than in 2022, data collected by the Archdiocese reveals. Every October, each parish in the Archdiocese counts the numbers of attendees at every weekend Mass for the month. The 2023 count shows that an average of 103,000 people attend Mass each week at Archdiocesan Catholic Churches and at Western Washington University, the University of Washington, and Seattle University. In October of 2022, that number was 86,000. Tom Martin, the Archdiocese Chief Information Officer, said, while mass attendance is up overall, there are some rural areas and pockets of South Metro Seattle 
area that are still struggling with overall low attendance. The strongest growth, however, was seen in parishes with strong ethnic communities, particularly parishes serving Hispanic and Vietnamese Catholics. A recent study suggests that Oregon has the highest rate of depression in the country, reporting that 25.2% or over a quarter of the state's population struggles with the mental illness. The study also reports an upward trend in the state's depression rate from 2014 to 2018, ranking Oregon 23rd in terms of access to mental health care. The findings were based upon data from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Prevalence of depression rates were determined by people who have indicated a diagnosis of a form of depression. Factors like homelessness, lack of health insurance, and poverty likely add to the state's high depression rate. As the report notes, depression is one of the most common mental illnesses in the United States, with over 117 million American adults suffering from it. Flight attendants with Alaska Airlines voted overwhelmingly to authorize a strike if negotiations with the carrier don't result in a deal. The strike authorization does not necessarily mean that a strike is imminent. It does mean, though, that the union can request a release from the National Mediation Board. And if granted, that would lead to a 30-day cooling-off period ahead of a strike deadline. In a statement released ahead of the vote, Alaska Airlines said that it anticipated the strike authorization would pass. And it clarified that picketing by flight attendants after the vote would not disrupt flights as picketing staff are not scheduled to work. After serving as a museum for more than 79 years, the Turkish government is proceeding with plans to make the Church of the Holy Savior in Istanbul a mosque. Mirroring the 2020 reversion of the Hagia Sophia, prayers and Islamic rites will be performed once again in the ancient church. The Church of the Holy Savior, also known as the Chora Church, is recognized as one of the most important Byzantine gems in the world and is adorned with many unique icons and frescoes. Turkish media initially reported the mosque would reopen for Islamic prayers on February 23rd. However, the Turkish Doctorate of General of Institutions within the government's Ministry of Culture and Tourism denied that report, affirming that the opening date still remains unannounced. Well, today is Valentine's Day, and this to, and today millions of Americans will be sending or receiving flowers from a loved one to celebrate. Now, while the exact dollar amount Americans spend on roses each St. Valentine's Day, it's difficult to know exactly how much it is, but one estimate puts the total expected flower purchases for this holiday at $2.6 billion. Whoa. Yeah, but just how much are people shelling out for individual bouquets in Oregon and Washington State? There is about a $26 difference between the two. So what is your guess as to how much Oregonians are spending on a bouquet of roses this year? Well, I told you I thought $60, but I'm way, I'm way off. Tell me. That's that's a deal. In fact, Finance Buzz, a financial information resource, analyzed the data to find the average prices by state. Now, the state with the highest cost for a dozen roses is Hawaii, where a bouquet is more than $128 on average, which is about $20 more expensive in every other state. Now, in Oregon, well, it's going to set you back 
about $75. In Washington State, you're going to be shelling out just over $101. Now, is this with or without the baby's breath? <laughs> uh, yeah, that probably, you might be able to get a little uh, foliage along with that dozen. That, uh, that's a lot. And then maybe add on to that a delivery charge. Yeah. Get out your credit card, Pat. I'm going. I'm going the chocolate route. You said you're just going to go down to the garden store. So that's what I'm thinking. Buy the rose bush. What the twenty bucks? Something you know? like that. Yeah, and you got roses year round. <laughs> you know, beautiful. The sentiment's still there. And, that's right. And it's not something you have to throw away. It's something you can cultivate and grow, like your love. Oh, there you go. I would say, though, don't try to get anything else other than roses on St. Valentine's Day. We know that Our Lady, she loves roses, too. Mm -hmm. Just ask Juan Diego. (laughs) And in sports, well, the Blazers' troubles continue. Although they've got some uh, returning starters back in the lineup. Anthony Simon, Scoot Henderson, and Duop Reith were back in the lineup last night against the Minnesota Timberwolves. But it wasn't enough for the Portland Trailblazers to get the win. They blew an 86-84 early fourth quarter lead and faded down the stretch, losing 102-109 to to the Minnesota Timberwolves, owners of the best record in the Western Conference. Two teams are going to tangle again Thursday night at the Moda Center. Tip-off is set for 7 o'clock between the Blazers and the Timberwolves. Father David Michael Moses often uses social media to share his insights into the Catholic faith, and he regularly explains things in a simple kind of way, such as using a bag of potato chips to explain why we should use our time meaningfully. Well, recently he posted a reel about confession. This is a sacrament that some find difficult to embrace, and it's understandable, he said. It's hard to admit your sins and weaknesses. As Father Moses points out, people often ask, why can't I just go directly to God? Now, Father Moses points out why it's important to not bypass your priests. And as we enter into this Lenten season today, his friendly reminder as to why it's important to go to confession couldn't come at a better moment. In the real, a person asks that they don't go to a mediator to confess. They just want to talk straight to God. Well, then Father Michael reminds him that at your baptism, your sins were forgiven. But at baptism, that came through the priest. Therefore, if you want to kickstart Lent in the most positive way, be sure to head to church today and see about getting to confession. Father Moses is out of the Archdiocese of Houston, Galveston. Is he really? Yeah, so I've been following him for a number of years, and this is great advice. I saw the reel, really good. But his method for opening a bag of potato chips revolutionary what check it out okay revolutionary i promise you i'm gonna find out i started once i saw that that's how i open my bag of chips now it's amazing all right it's time to find out what's going on in our catholic community well our parish of the week this week is the cathedral of the immaculate conception in portland and every thursday is Adoration Day. So this Thursday, join St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception for Thursday Adoration. It's going on all day. Contact the parish office to sign up for a time or just drop by for these and more events in the Catholic community. Go online to moderndayradio.com or find it on the Hail Mary Media app.
Well, it is Ash Wednesday and St. Valentine's Day. Love is in the air. And what can couples do to grow closer together and improve that love during this Lenten season? Well, Patricia Mackey joins us next on The Morning Blend to give us that advice after we check a weather forecast with snow in it here at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Brother Cyril, a Benedictine monk at Mount Angel Abbey, for the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day, in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular, for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MaterDayRadio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Catholic Charities of Oregon, answering Pope Francis' call to charity. Since 1933, Catholic Charities has been putting faith into action by serving the poorest and most vulnerable in our community. Services promote life and help families thrive. Catholic Charities program information at catholiccharitiesoregon.org. Mater Dei Radio, we constantly strive to be an inspiring source of faith and hope. Sharing the light of Christ restores us individually and also provides a powerful catalyst to revive the heart of our community. Join Mater Dei Radio in this crucial mission of leading souls to Jesus and bringing a spirit of renewal into the culture. Mark your calendar for April 8th through 12th to renew your hope during Mater Dei Radio's 2024 Spring share It's going to be a week of transformation and you can be a major part of it by helping us build a strong matching fund for the event. Your support now will have a deep impact on our success in April by providing strong encouragement for our share listeners to match your prayerful generation. Generosity. To learn more and make your matching gift, go now to MaterDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app and renew your hope during our 2024 Spring share at Materday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 812 at Materday Radio, high of 38 and low of 34 today with rain possibly mixed with snow tomorrow. The snow level falls to 1,500 feet, winds up to 30 miles an hour tonight, 90% chance of precipitation. It may be snow, might be rain. The forecast is not looking very certain 
but it should maybe be wet. yes, maybe no. Is that what I'm hearing? Okay, maybe, maybe so. Maybe <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> Currently, it is 37 degrees at St. Philip's Catholic Church in Woodland, and we're keeping an eye out for the flakes. It's 35 at St. Vincent de Paul Catholic Church and School in the capital city of Salem. Today we mark the beginning of Lent and also corresponds with St. Valentine's Day. Yesterday we were speaking about how both of these events are centered on love. And joining us today is Patricia Mackey from Everyday Counseling. She's going to talk to us about how Catholic couples can use this Lent to grow together in love. Good morning, Patricia. Thanks for joining us again on the show. Good morning, Brenda. Thanks for having me. So St. Valentine's Day and the beginning of Lent. It is Ash Wednesday, and it is a good time for couples to grow in Lent. Of course, we won't be able to indulge in that you know, maybe elegant meal and a big box of chocolate, but you say that this is a perfect opportunity, though, for every couple to grow and practice their faith during this Lenten season. And you say the be- a good place to start is to practice Lexio. Let our listeners know what that is and how they can use that to work as a couple to grow together. Exactly. I love that Lent lands on Valentine's Day this year. I think it's fantastic. Uh, and this year, I'm just, you know, thinking about those those different areas of Lent and the fact that we always want to start with prayer. And prayer is about relationship. It's about our relationship with God. So Lectio is a practice of praying with the gospel readings every day. And really, you can do it with any part of the Bible, but the tradition is to do it with the daily gospel readings. And you're going to sit down and you read the gospel reading and you ask yourself, what is this saying? And then you kind of enter into some time of silence and kind of ask God, like, can I picture myself in this event? What's happening here? Where would the people be? Just that real human, like, what, what is this? What, what exactly is happening? And then we start to listen, God, what do you want me to know about this? And so starting to turn inward and say, is there a word that's really sticking out to me? Is there a person in this passage that's really that's striking a chord with me? And so we start to think about what is this passage saying to me personally? And then we go on to start to think about, and how do I want to respond to that? And throughout all of this, there should be that conversation with God, right? Like, God, what do you want me to hear? God, how do you want me to respond? What's going on in my life? How does this remind me of something that I'm dealing with? And this is such a beautiful opportunity as a couple to pray together because we so often try to think, well, how do you pray as a couple, right? We do the evening meal prayer or, you know, we might say our father, we might pray a rosary out loud. And those are all fantastic and beautiful. But Lectio really starts to give us an opportunity to find out what's going on in our spouse's heart and mind. And so we can really give ourselves that opportunity to ask. So we we do Lectio kind of privately. It's a lot of silence. I'm going to read this. I'm going to sit with it quietly. And then my husband and I, we each are part of a Lectio group at our parish. And so on Friday mornings, when I get back, we both grab, I'll grab my hot coffee and he'll grab his hot tea and we'll share, like, what, what was the word? What was it that this meant to you? Um, and it's amazing how much we learn about each other through that simple practice that we hadn't picked up from other conversations throughout the week. 
Patricia, this is an excellent example of maybe for a couple to push outside what they're maybe comfortable with and sitting down and having those conversations. What I think that people need to do is give it a a try and try it because you're right. The conversations, the time together, looking at each other face to face and sharing your faith with one another, it is so spiritually deep and really does create a, a bond of love, especially through our faith. Now for Lent, oftentimes people are asked to you give something up and then you take on a practice. So if you were to give something up, you can also use that time to do something else. So you say it's important to also fast as a couple. Now, what does that mean? Yeah. So in this sense, I'm really, this year particularly, I'm really asking couples to focus on their popular media usage. And so, you know, usually we think about fast and we think about food and and that can be part of it. But for me, at least, that's that's not where my difficulties come from. My difficulty comes from trying to run away from all of the stuff in the world. And I just want to numb out at the end of the day, right? If, at the end of the day with six kids and everything running around, I just want to veg out and not think about anything. And Lent is this time for me to, to really say, no, God, I want to focus on you when I'm feeling depleted. And so, you know, it's a common practice. I know we do it in our house. And the day we get the kids to bed and we just plop down on the couch to watch a show. And so this year, really using that that routine that we already have built in of sitting down and turning the TV on to really say, I'm going to move away from that. I'm going to shift away from whatever popular TV show you might be really used to watching in the evening and say, I'm going to fast from that show. Because so often popular media is feeding us so many messages that are completely contrary to our faith. They're starting to give us ideas of relationships that aren't healthy, of behaviors that aren't healthy for us. So really moving away from popular media this Lent and saying, what can I put into that emptiness? And so whether that's, okay, well, it's really, you know, that's our routine and that's going to be really hard to break. Maybe shift to watching The Chosen. Are you coming out with their latest season for people who've Mm -hmm. been following along or going back to an earlier one? So that's an easy way to replace it with something a little bit more spiritually fulfilling. Or my husband and I have shifted to reading a book together. Uh, and he's dyslexic, so he's always like, I don't do any of the reading, and that's good for me because I love to read. And so I'll read out loud to him. And so we pick a book that, you know, sometimes it's like a C.S. Lewis. He got really into the space trilogy of C.S. Lewis's. Um, you know, this year we're doing the Walter Chizek, He Leadeth Me. So a little, a little bit deeper, a little bit harder <laughs> of a read this oh. year. Choosing something, and and we just read out loud. Um, Sometimes we can't get through a whole chapter, but I read the the chunk that we're going to read for the night. Then we share any thoughts or opinions that we had about it, um, things that we want to remember about that particular story or about that particular chunk. And then we end with reading the prayer from Tobit, um, the the prayer that they prayed right before they went to sleep on that that wedding night um, that God would protect them. And so that's become kind of our evening routine. And it's it's been really beautiful and fruitful for us. And so this meant I'm just really encouraging couples move away from the, the popular media, the sitting down on the couch and just watching something and move into something much more purposeful. Oh. Um, I'm going to choose something that's really going to nourish us. I love that, Patricia. That idea, too, of you reading to your husband, what a beautiful way to serve him 
and his needs. I think that's a beautiful mm-hmm. example. And then just with a minute left here, the last thing that you also talk about is serving others together as a couple. Just real quickly, what does that look like for you? Yeah. For us, we offer soup supper at our home on Friday nights during Lent. So we invite our children's friends as families and our friends, and we we just collect everybody at our house and say, we'll make a soup, bring a soup, bring us some bread. We'll pray a rosary before the evening is over. And it's just a way to serve our community. But I know every parish is desperate for people, (laughs) right? We often think about the financial, but that our actual people skills and our strengths and our abilities to show up is so highly in need. And so I just encourage this land, every couple, call up your parish and say, what's one thing we could do? Do you need somebody to go rake or to weed the garden beds? Do you need somebody to wash down the pews? What's one thing that we could do as a couple this Lent to give back to our community? Oh, Patricia, I think that is all wonderful, wonderful advice, beautiful ways to use Lent, a time that we think about, you know, giving up and and being a very difficult time, but it is actually a very beautiful time, especially couples to grow together. Thanks so much for joining us today on the show. Thanks for having me. It's always such a gift. 821 at Monterey Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life on this Ash Wednesday. And we are also celebrating the centennial, the 100th anniversary of the Grotto, the National Sanctuary of Our Sorrowful Mother. They are having a 100 anniversary coat drive. And today from nine until three, so about 40 minutes from now, they'll be collecting coats in the parking lot. You can just pull up, drop off your coat. And if you're there around the noon hour, you can stick around, get your ashes and enjoy mass, but drop a coat off 100 coats for 100 years of the grotto. And we're happy to be a part of the centennial celebration with our good friends out at the grotto here at Mater Dei Radio. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Registrations for both CYO Track and Field and Camp Howard are now open. With Track and Field, youth can try new events, learn teamwork skills, improve their fitness, and reach new goals. We are also hiring track and field officials. Visit CYOCampHoward.org to learn more. At Camp Howard, we help cultivate children's social skill sets in a safe environment with trained staff, connecting with others in the beautiful, peaceful outdoors with a host of wonderful activities. These include swimming, archery, basketball, arts and crafts, hiking, campfires, and having fun with fellow campers. We are also hiring summer camp staff. Be transformed where everyone in our community is valued and celebrated for the person they are. And join us this summer. Register your children or grandchildren now at CYOCampHoward.org. Thank you to all of our volunteers for your efforts to inspire our youth to become faith-filled leaders. May God richly bless you. 
support for Matcha Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Portland Division of the World Apostolate of Fatima. WAF is the only Fatima organization worldwide to speak in the name and with the authority of the Church on Fatima. The World Apostolate of Fatima promotes the faithful message of Fatima, including praying the rosary daily and practicing the first Saturday devotion. WAF information can be found at bluearmy.com. I am Father Cedric Bizenia. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. We'll talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. Grab some coffee and take the morning blend with you anywhere you go. Listen to the podcast at materdayradio.com. 825 at Mater Day Radio, the morning blend with Brenda and Pat and engineer Eric. And love is in the air, but not in the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh-oh. Big vote last night. We'll tell you about that next. And what are the qualities that make the happiest couples? Mm. Well, they might be sitting in your pew right next to you. I'll have that story for you coming up right after John Finch. Send down your spirit. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
Saturday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. John Finch, send down your spirit. It's 8.30. Men and women who are married and who attend church regularly are among the happiest couple, according to data compiled by a prominent sociological professor. Brad Wilcox, a professor of sociology at the University of Virginia, as well as the director of the school's National Marriage Project, told EWTN News Nightly, data indicated that married men and women are markedly happier than their unmarried counterparts. What we see is that for both women and men, the path to prosperity and happiness kind of runs right through marriage. So both women and men who are married, for instance, are almost twice as likely to be very happy with their lives compared to their single peers. And there's really no group that's as happy for for men as married dads and for women as married moms. So as tough as marriage, as tough as being a parent can be, the upside to having a spouse and kids for most Americans is pretty high. Wilcox did add that declining divorce rates in recent years are a sign of encouragement, though overall declining marriage rates present problems of its own. After a failed vote last week, the U.S. House of Representatives voted late last night to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. In a historic rebuke, the House impeached Mayorkas by a narrow vote of 214 to 213. Never before has a sitting cabinet secretary been impeached, and it was nearly 150 years ago that the House voted to impeach President Ulysses S. Grant's Secretary of War, William Belknap, over a kickback scheme in the government contracts. He resigned before the vote. The charges against Mayorkas will next go to the U.S. Senate for a trial, but neither Democratic nor Republican senators have shown any interest in the matter, and it's likely to be indefinitely shelved to a committee. More people are attending Mass at Catholic churches in the Archdiocese of Seattle than in 2022, data collected by the Archdiocese revealed. Every October, each parish in the Archdiocese counts the number of attendees at every weekend Mass for the month. The 2023 counts show an average of 103,000 people attend Mass each week at Archdiocesan churches as well as universities in the state. In October of 2022, that number was 86,000. Tom Martin, the Archdiocese Chief Information Officer, said, while mass attendance is up overall, there are some rural areas and pockets of the metro Seattle area that are still struggling with overall low attendance. The strongest growth, however, was seen in parishes with strong ethnic communities, particularly parishes serving Hispanic and Vietnamese Catholics. Pope Francis addressed members of the Pontifical Academy for Life of the Vatican, stressing the importance of integrating the resources of science and technology while promoting the human being in his or her incredible specificity. The Pope's comments come as members of the Academy are meeting in Rome for their General Assembly, focusing this year on the theme of human meanings and challenges, noting that the Academy will be looking at the fundamental question of what is distinctive about the human being. The Pope opened his speech by underscoring the complexity of evaluating this question, especially against the backdrop of exponential developments in science and technology. 
The Pontifical Academy for Life was established by Pope St. John Paul II in 1994, and in recent years it's been at the center of controversy as some of its members have advocated views that are inconsistent with traditional church teaching. Deschutes County health officials confirmed a case bubonic plague last week, marking Oregon's first case of the illness since 2015. The county said the person was likely infected by their cat who had the illness. The resident and their pet were given medication to prevent the illness from spreading. The plague can spread to humans or animals through a bite from an infected flea or by coming into contact with an animal that has the illness, according to the health officials. Now, the most common animals to carry the illness in Oregon are squirrels and chipmunks. Health officials confirm in a report from the Oregonian that the cat has died as a result of the illness. Now, humans typically start to see symptoms of the plague within two to eight days of being exposed, including fever, nausea, weakness, chills, muscle aches, and visibly swollen nymph loads. However, the disease is rare. On average, seven cases of the plague are reported in the U.S. each year, according to the Center for Disease Control. And in sports, well, arguably the most beautiful words in the English language are I love you. Yes. And pitchers and catchers <laughs> report. <laughs> yes, indeed. The Seattle Mariners pitchers and catchers are reporting to spring training today for physicals in Arizona, bringing the long offseason to an end. The full squad will begin workouts next Tuesday at the Peoria Sports Complex in the West Valley of the greater Phoenix area. Seattle's front office oversaw a significant overhaul of its roster during the offseason, yielding departures of well-known players like Jerry Kalinick, Robbie Ray, Marco Gonzalez, Eugenio Suarez, and Teoscar Hernandez. The first game is spring training for the M's will be on Saturday, February 24th, when they'll take on the White Sox. I am excited. Baseball's back, baby. Put me yeah. in, coach. Yes. Well, Ash Wednesday today is well known among Roman Catholics as the official starting day of Lent. Yet the church doesn't recognize it as a holy day of obligation. So why is that? Well, the primary reason why Ash Wednesday is not a holy day of obligation is because it is a day of fasting as opposed to a day of feasting. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church spells it out in its section on the Sunday obligation, explaining how Sundays and other days of obligation are days of rest, where we commemorate the Paschal Mystery. So here's what it says in the Catechism. On Sundays and other holy days of obligation, the faithful are bound to abstain from those labors and business concerns which impede the worship to be rendered to God, the joy which is proper to the Lord's day or the proper relaxation of mind and body. So this is also clearly indicated in the Code of Canon Law, which lists holy days of obligation under the heading feast days. Then it's followed by the heading Days of Penance, under which Ash Wednesday is specifically mentioned. Mm. Now, Philip Kozlowski at Alatea reminds us that Ash Wednesday is not a holy day of obligation because it is a day of penance and not a feast day. And furthermore, since Ash Wednesday is a day when we are obliged to fast from food and abstain from meat, it does not fall in line with Sundays, which are days of feasting and resting. Still, the church highly recommends 
that all Catholics attend Mass on Ash Wednesday as it sets the mood for the remainder of the 40 days preparing our hearts for the glorious Feast of Easter. So now that you are planning and prepared to go to Mass today on Ash Wednesday, the big question now is, do you wipe them off after Mass or do you leave them on for the world to see? Oh, it's an evangelization moment. You leave gotta leave those them on, ashes. and then people say, "Well, well you got something on your forehead there," and that, and then there you go. There's your opportunity to evangelize. So the first thing everybody does as soon as they get back into the car after mass, <laughs> you put down the visor and you look at your ashes in the mirror, don't you? Oh, of course, got to do that. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, as the Lenten season begins, it's time for Lenten Missions, and Holy Rosary Parish's Lenten Mission begins this Saturday, February 17th. Everybody is invited to Holy Rosary Parish with Father Brian Mullady, who will talk on the three ages of the spiritual life. This begins with the weekend masses and features in talks all through Thursday of next week. For these and more events in our Catholic community, go online to moderndayradio.com and find it on the Hail Mary Media app. Boy, that mission with Father Brian will be a good one. Mm -hmm. Lots of good things going on for Lent, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what our Lenten observations will be. Maybe you'll get some ideas on what yours could be as well. And there's snow in the weather forecast. We'll check that next at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. The 40 days of Lent remind us of when Jesus himself fasted and was tempted in the desert. In the Bible, 40 symbolizes a time of struggle, purification, and rebirth. 40 weeks is the time it takes a child to be developed in their mother's womb. Noah, in the ark, watched it rain for 40 days and 40 nights, and then the people of God were reborn after the flood. Moses went up Mount Sinai for 40 days to receive the commandments and the Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years to find the promised land. Jesus enters the wilderness for 40 days filled with the Holy Spirit. There, the devil tries to tempt Jesus with the same things the Israelites struggled with in the desert, hunger, doubt, and obedience. But Jesus rebukes him, each time with quotes from the Old Testament. Let us seek a time of rebirth and purification these 40 days of Lent. This is Matt Maloney from KnowTheFaith.net. Support from Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Blessings from Heaven, the peaceful place to shop for all things Catholic. Blessings from Heaven has a variety of gifts for all occasions and many other Catholic items to choose from. Located on the corner of 3rd and Southwest Tucker Avenue in Beaverton, Blessings from Heaven is open Tuesday through Saturday. For more information, call 503-644-1814. One of the many ways you can help Mater Dei Radio is by supporting our Leadership Circle members. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs. Our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. 
How can you find out more about our Leadership Circle members? Go to our website at materdayradio.com and click on the Get Involved menu. You'll be learning about a great group of people. 841 here at Mater Day Radio, high of 38 and low of 34 today with wind gusts up to 30 miles an hour. I see the trees moving around outside. The snow level falls to about 1,500 feet in the afternoon. So there's the possibility of rain mixed with snow coming down tonight. The coast range and the Cascades can definitely expect snow. The area should dry out Friday, but with more rain over the President's Day weekend. Kids in the area are going to get on their knees and pray to Our Lady of Snows tonight. <laughs> See if she can have a little intercession for us. No day tomorrow. Currently, it is 38 degrees at St. Thomas Catholic Church in Camas. And 37 under the big bridge at St. Patrick Catholic Church in downtown Portland. The show's not quite over, so relax and have a second cup of the morning blend. Well, maybe you want to relax and have a second cup. Maybe you've given up caffeine, and today begins that Lenten sacrifice. Pat, I thought we'd spend a little time today just maybe, uh, you know, jumping off of what Patricia Mankey had to say yeah, about that was ways, really good advice. Yeah, ways that you can, you know, think outside the box from the, the typical, I'm going to give these things up. Now, we talked about previously, uh, uh, last year for Lent, I gave up sweetener and creamer in my coffee and by the time the the easter had rolled around i was just so kind of bitter about like i didn't really get the spiritual fulfillment that i'd hoped i didn't really embrace the sacrifice that i was creating i was just kind of like god i just don't like my coffee anymore it just was making me angry so i thought that's not the right Mm -mm goal that I want my sacrifice to be this year. So I kind of thought about it. Now, I do always join my dad and my brother. Uh, they abstain from alcohol through the 40 days. I join them in that. I that's offer mine. that up. Is that yeah, you give that up? I, I decided that was uh, something I was going to do a, a, a sober Lent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I think many people do that. It's a good thing to offer up, especially when you come across celebrations like St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. <laughs> you got to keep that Which is on a Sunday this year. So... Okay, yeah. I, I I am of the observance that if I'm going to give something up, I'm doing it from now all the way to Easter. I know uh-huh. that technically the days of Sunday, we just talked about it, those are days of feast. So those sacrifices offer up, but as an offering on, my, for Sundays. My confessor actually told me that fasting on a Sunday is a sin. Really? Yeah. Okay. yeah veni- it's a venial sin because you are, it is a feast day and you are, are me- not supposed to fast on feast days. Okay. So, I'll enjoy the meal. I'll just offer up the glass of wine. There you go. I think that that works too. So here was my out of the box idea. And it's funny because I was thinking about this and Patricia Mackey had said this about plopping on the couch and, and, and getting your phone or just turning on the TV. I, when I come home in the afternoon, I'll grab, you know, like a meal and then there is a spot. And even my kids this weekend, when we were together, they talked about, oh, mom's spot on the couch. Because it's, it's where I sit. I have the little coffee table next to me. I put my meal. And next to it is the remote. And I'll turn on the TV. But what happens is I find that once I get into my spot, I, I kind of don't move too much the rest of the day. And so it's kind of become my, that comfort spot. So I've decided. Are there grooves? You probably would see exactly how <laughs> I sit and my feet fold up around to the side, right? Oh, okay. And then there's usually probably a little folded blanket or there next to me. So for Lent this year, I am giving up my comfort spot. 
Wow. That's my that's my goal this year to do. That's going to be cuz that's habit. That's a that's yeah. going to be a habit to yeah. break. Now I not to say that I don't have lots of comfort spots. In fact, I'm going to move it into our front beautiful living room. We've got a very lovely space. No TV in there. We've got a, 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 a little speaker that'll play music. If it's cold enough, I might even find that there's a fire been started in the fireplace. That's my goal this year, to as often as I can. Now, I'm not going to hold myself to like, oh, I'm never going to do it. But if I want to have a productive Lent, I'm getting out of my comfort spot and finding a place, you know, again, put my book right there and uh, really yeah, be available to have FaceTime with the people in the household. That sounds fantastic. I really admire you doing that because it doesn't sound like much, but then when you reflect upon it, it's a lot. It's a lot. To break that habit and to get out of that comfort zone and and just to even go into the other room. I like that. So in addition to giving up things, what are you going to take on? Because I like to do that. I like to take on things. Okay. And one of the things I'm going to take on, I did this probably about 10 years ago, and it was very powerful. I want to do it again. And that's every day of praying the rosary or the chaplet of Our Lady of Sorrows. Those are the seven oh, dolors of yes. Our Lady, the seven sorrows of Mary. And I'm doing that for the Grotto Centennial. And of course, they, they had the big storm out there that took down all those trees, and they're making great progress getting that cleaned up. But I, I told Chris Blanchard, Throughout Lent, I'm going to pray for the grotto every single day, and I'm going to pray the Our Lady of Sorrows Rosary or Chaplet, those seven seven sorrows. So it's actually seven Hail Marys seven times instead of the ten Hail Marys. Okay, uh, right. So it's not a decade. It's a, it's seven. Seven. Yeah. I can't. What's uh-huh. there's a word for not sept. I, yeah, there's something it, or something. Right. Okay, right. we'll keep so, that in so mind. It's forty. So you lose a Hail Mary in there. It's forty nine, not fifty. Okay. Yeah. So I, that's an excellent example. You you offer something up, you give it up in sacrifice, and in its place, you do something. Mm-hmm. So I think those are excellent, excellent options. Well, of course, I go online too. There are lists that you can find. And this is great because it gave you, a, a, if I believe it was the pillar, gives you some outside the box ideas of simple things too that you can do throughout Lent to help you in, in giving and also in doing. So I thought some of these were, were really actually interesting choices. I like them a lot. The first on the list, don't take the best parking spot when you are out at the grocery store or something, take the farther spot. Sure. Leave the front spots for other people. You got legs that are strong, you can get out and walk. Maybe leave those front spots for people. Maybe they don't have the blue Packard, but could use a, a close up spot. So they said, try doing that during Lent. And I'll offer something on top of that, Brenda. What's that? You could probably play pray a glory bee in between where you park and where you you know, that close spot. Yes. So, so add a little prayer in there. It, it seems like, you know, people will parking lot sharks will go around and around <laughs> yeah. trying to find the, the, the closest one they can, or somebody they'll see them on, you know, putting their groceries in. So they'll sit there and just wait for oh, it. Yeah. You could park at the end of the parking lot, get out, say your prayer, walk to the front. And that person's still going to be waiting <laughs> for that front spot because they have to have it. We can walk. I think that's an excellent idea. Good idea. Here's another one that they say. Every morning, get up and make your bed. Oh, got to. Make your bed every morning. Do that for Lent. Because you have accomplished something then. You have done, you know, 
regardless of what happens the rest of the day, you can say, I did do something today. I made my bed. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's it. And it starts the momentum for the day. It sets you up right. And yeah. it also says, too, about getting dressed before you leave your room in the morning. Oh. So you get up, you make your bed, and you get dressed. Uh, Saturday mornings, I'm, I'm still in my pajamas. Sometimes it's <laughs> 11, 12 o'clock, and I'm, I'm still walking around doing things. So get up, get dressed. You're right. It sets your mind into a mode of I'm going to be doing something now. And if you add a morning offering to that, makes it really powerful. Sure. Yeah. Uh, how about this one? I'm being forced into this one right now against my will. <laughs> Don't use the dishwasher. Whoa. Hand wash your dishes this Lent, right? A, an act of service, an act of, uh, yeah, discomfort. So I, I grew up in a house uh, without a dishwasher. We did not have a dishwasher growing mm-hmm. up. I was the dishwasher. You were the dishwasher. Up, and I vowed <laughs> I would never, ever do that again. It's like, I, I, and my very first job was a dishwasher. So, yeah, I'm very averse. I'm not doing that. Okay. Not doing it unless I'm forced into it. You know, if you think about it, and I'm sure there's a statistic somewhere out there, uh, if you looked it up, the percentage of households that have an electric dishwasher it's probably such a small percentage of the entire world. Oh, the sure. vast majority of the world do yeah. not have automatic dishwashers. Uh, mine's broken right now, but the good deacon hopefully is fixing it for me, <laughs> but I'm doing them by hand right Penance. now. This one is interesting and I'm not sure how we would be able to accomplish this. There was a time I'm sure, but they say don't use credit cards, spend only cash. Wow, that'd be a hard one. That would be a challenge. That would be a real challenge. But you think about it. If you had to go to the bank to get the money to go make your purchase of whatever it was, how much money you would save because you really start to discern the difference between this is something I need to have versus something that, well, if I've got the cash, I'll go and get it. There, there are some stores, though, you a, can't a, pay especially in cash. the airports, you cannot pay in cash. It's all credit. I think that eventually our society will probably be that way. Yeah, I think so too. That but would be that, a hard. That's one. a real challenging one, but I could see. And then, and then you, of course, give the difference in your offering. There you go. Yeah. Some of the other ones too that they are just mentioning, which uh, can be difficult, but I think are important too: giving up things like fast food, giving up your favorite uh, television show, and taking on something else. I can remember one of the hardest uh, Lent and sacrifices I made. I was probably about 10 years old. Me and my brother gave up the show Mork and Mindy. <laughs> All of Lent. Now, back then, you didn't have VCRs to record right. it. Yeah. You would have to wait until summertime reruns to catch what you missed. <laughs> Boy, that that was the top show. Came on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock. Let me tell you what, I still remember giving up Mork and Mindy for Lent. Nanu, nanu. Yeah, that's right. So hopefully, though, <laughs> these ideas will do what they're meant to do, to draw you into a closer relationship with our Lord, to observe in just a small way some of the sacrifices that Christ did in a big way on the cross. And then you can join your sacrifice to his this Lenten season. We hope you enjoyed today's second cup. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. 
That's 503-252-1722. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Westside Masonry Incorporated, providing residential masonry projects in brick, block, concrete, and cultured stone. For more information on fireplaces, patios, driveways, hardscapes, excavation, retaining walls, and fencing, call 503-805-7464. Westside Masonry Incorporated, CCB number 167779. Would you like to make your spring cleaning plans a little easier this year? Let Monterey Radio give you a hand. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you would like to clear out, our vehicle donation program is just the answer. You can donate your vehicle to Monterey Radio and get a likely tax deduction in return. It's quick and easy, giving you a real jump start to your spring cleaning. Learn more about our vehicle donation program at MontereyRadio.com. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 8-4 at Day Radio, last check of weather, and believe it or not, there's snow in the forecast. Rain possibly mixed with snow, mainly this evening. High should reach 40 this afternoon, those winds gusting up to about 30 miles an hour. Low tonight, cooling off to 35, so if it does snow, it's probably not going to stick. Right now, 37 here in Stumptown. And closing out our show today, here's Cooper Ray, We Come Alive. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Monster Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. We stood in this land with the dust upon our hands. In the dry of a desert we called home. death you lifted us breath of life resurrecting these dry bones you breathe in us give us strength we never knew
Alive. It's 859. I don't know if they're related. They are like probably that. not, but uh, th- that could be a fun, but you know, you think about it, that would be a fun uh, Easter table if they all got together. I think Steve has like 10 kids. He's so got maybe. a big family. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Happy Ash Wednesday. Happy Ash and Wednesday. Val- and St. Valentine's Day. And St. Valentine's Day. A perfect pairing, I think, is what they would consider today. And if you so feel the need to feast and celebrate your love, you can make you have plenty of dinner reservations this week and I'm sure available but let's honor Ash Wednesday for the day that it is and we will kick off this Lenten season here at Mater Day Radio and pitchers and catchers report oh. and happy birthday to the state of Oregon today oh happy birthday well, there you go bake your celebration <laughs> but uh, we'll see you at church tonight and we'll all get ashes have a blessed day